Girl, you've been teasing. I gotta come over. So why you play Welcome to Progression. I'm Jane Shin. This is a show about mental health, personal development, and spirituality through conversations I'll have with artists about their journeys and through my own reflections as a woman working in the music industry. On today's episode, I catch up with Tiffany Goucher, an incredibly talented R&B singer, songwriter, and producer from Inglewood. We talk about building a practice of accepting and loving oneself, her roots in spirituality, and how the music she creates is about conveying love for oneself and others. I think for me, like meeting you, like really getting to know who you were was when um, Danita put on the women's circle panel in Inglewood. Uh, yeah. It was called the ascension of the female artists, like mm. the mental, physical, spiritual, emotional health of the woman. And you're on the panel. Yeah. And it was amazing to hear you speak because I had obviously listened and heard your music, but to hear you talk about like your journey. And I remember you shouting out The Untethered Soul, that book. Yeah. I had to get that right away. When did you first get that book? Do you remember? I did not remember, but Vatana requested it, recommended it to me. Um, we had met like four years ago now. Uh, so I'd say about three years ago, I read that book. And at the time, I was just dealing with a lot of brain chatter and a lot of uh, negative narratives, you know, and, and just a lot of trauma mentally. Along with many other things, that was a, a big point, a big, a key part to my growth, mm-hmm. the start of my growth, if I would say, yeah. Yeah, so that was four years ago. So what was going on for you at that point? I was dealing with a lot of just disappointments um, that I faced over the course of my musical career and a lot of a lot of doubt, a lot of self-doubt because of all the no's and all the things that I experienced with music on top of my childhood and, and things that I never dealt with, you know, and just I was dealing with everything, you know, and and I'm still dealing with things, but it's getting a little bit easier to recognize it. I'm becoming more self-aware. So at that time, yeah, I uh, was dealing with a lot. Insecurities uh, in terms of my weight and like how I felt I looked for the industry and my identity as well, too, you know, and and really loving myself for who I am. I was dealing with a lot of just self-hate, um, self-hatred. Yeah, I didn't love myself like that four years ago. I didn't. I, I, I thought I was shit. I thought I was, I would call myself shit mentally. You know what I mean? Just a lot of hateful things, evil things that from that I felt towards myself. So yeah, I dealt with, the, with a lot of hell mentally. What turned around for you? And um, actually even before that, going through that such a dark period, mm-hmm. how did that go hand in hand with you creating music? You know, I know with Lionheart, you had not written that from your true perspective, right? Not so, at all. Those were like a collection of demos that I also, that I recorded. And at that time, like when I recorded that music, which was like 2012, I wasn't aware of who I was or accepting of who I was in terms of me being queer. And I was kind of back and forth between who I knew I was and who I who I had to put on for people who I was, you know what I mean? I wasn't creating from a true place, so I can say I was kind of like, I wasn't present for that 
music and not every song but like certain songs i know that that just wasn't me from that point Mm -hmm. then what turned around for you i was frustrated with the stagnance in my life and i knew that something had to change and i i really just gave it to god i'm like god i I am who i am and i just felt a sense of i remember june 22nd it was like 2013 or 14 i was just like you know what i'm gonna start loving myself you know however however hard that may look you know what I mean but I know on the other side of that is peace and understanding and joy and I, I can really be a true artist like I, I can't can't exp- express lies all that kind of stuff stemmed from me growing up Christian you know hearing you know you're going to hell and you, you know what I mean you're an abomination and all these things and it's just like it's like I believed that only out of fear and that kept me bound for so long and I had to tell myself another I had to tell myself the truth it's like God is love and that's it that's just, that's just what it is so I think with God's love that's when it started to really transform I understood I understood God for myself and not from another person's perspective I experienced God in a real way you know so that was the start of it um start loving myself start making songs that I, I'm like feeling me and like really getting into who I am still dealing with insecurities and pain and, and stuff like that but I was still able to create from a pure place which gave me confidence you know and it's been some time it's been about five six years since I've really been actively working on myself and I can really say like I've a great place you know what I, mean? I love myself I love every day I wake up I'm like yo you hot man you know, like, I'm, yeah, I love awesome. me, you know, mm-hmm. I love myself, you know, I've, yeah, I've been on it. I've been on it. That's cool to hear how your relationship with God and your like spirituality just accepted that like, wait, I don't need to define my relationship with God through what the church sees or what other people see. That's your relationship alone. Right. So mm-hmm. you came out to your dad when you're 23, 23. Yep. Did that go hand in hand with you being at this different place in your life with your faith? I feel like I didn't tell him because I felt like I was hiding it. But when I told him I was gay, he was just like, and what else? You know what I mean? He didn't make a big deal out of it. I think it was more so me. It's like he loves me regardless, you know, and he doesn't have to accept it. Or I mean, I feel like he accepts it. Like I don't we don't have those conversations anymore about it. He just loves me for who I am. You know, so I think it stems from you loving yourself fully. You're kind of showing people how you want to be treated like you know i love myself so you have to love me you know what i mean you can't you can't treat me any kind of way mm-hmm. and you just wouldn't you won't be around if that's the case mm-hmm. you know yeah it always starts with you mm-hmm. right so for you to then create fantasy and pillow talk what point were you at then were you because you are now writing mm-hmm. from a perspective of like this is my experience alone mm-hmm. it's not made up stuff for the industry to think that that's what they want. How was that experience for you then, creating the, those bodies of work? It was freeing because I was in a very serious relationship at that time. And, you know, I was really living my truth. So it was really like a, such a huge statement for me and a courageous act, literally. Like I just, I felt so proud of myself to be able to express that on wax. How I And to seeing that, it's just a difference to seeing that, uh, seeing your truth. It's like... The world needs to hear that honesty and vulnerability because not too many people are doing that. And I just got tired of fronting, you know, I got tired of that. Especially when you're creating something so pure like music, I can understand why it's important for you to create from a completely authentic perspective. So I agree. I don't think a lot of people 
are being truthful or speaking their truth. Just in in any walk of life you're at, you have to speak your truth. Like, yeah. Because then if you don't, you're living someone else's life or you're living through other people's expectations. And it's it's a lot. And yeah. you're not only an amazing singer and writer, you produce your own music, I too. Yeah. Do, do people ever doubt you? Yeah, and I won't say no names, but yeah, of course you do with doubt. And I think more so of it. Being talented and then being masculine presenting in this industry of men, it's like they. I, f- I feel like I'm a threat, you know. Not and not to. That's just what I experience. Cause, but I don't approach situations like, yeah, I'm coming to show shit down. Like you know, I'm just I. I approach everything, especially music, with love. You know what I mean? So, I feel like it's a lot to balance. It's a lot to. It's a lot to. You know, I do feel alone a lot of times. You know what I mean? But. I I just know that there's a place for me, you know what I mean? There is. It wouldn't be this resistant if it wasn't, you know? And it's going to come, so. It's true. It's here now. As long as I stay at it, that's just what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, definitely dealing with naysayers or people that, you know, your music doesn't sound like what's playing now, and it's just like, it's my expression. Like, you know, I'm an individual. I I don't want to make music like everybody else. I want to make what I make. It's my responsibility to be me. Very important. You know? I remember you tweeted, too, like, creating a body of work takes time, especially if it's personal, it's mm-hmm. vulnerable, it's, it's your work. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to rush the process, because why? Yeah. So how do you deal with just this constant barrage of stuff that happens online? Like, how do you remind yourself that this is my experience, this is my process? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that constant noise sometimes? Definitely fell a victim to it. Earlier on last year, you know, just looking at everything going on on Instagram, like, oh, I need to be dropping singles. Oh, I need to be doing visuals. I need to be doing this and this and this. But I just felt rushed within myself. And I felt like it's not about trying to be popular. It's not about trying to always be in the forefront. It's like if you don't have nothing to say, then it's it's better to be quiet and then really wait till that opportunity to have something to say. And I have something to offer because it takes so much time. It's like Rome wasn't built in one day. You know, I'm not just making microwave music. I'm cooking, I'm cutting, I'm chopping it up. I'm, you know, I'm preparing it nicely. I don't even cook for people like in a fast manner. So I definitely am not going to make music like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's healing. It's not, I don't mean you harm when you hear my music, you know. Yeah. So I look at it. I, I, I'm a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. so. You can't rush a surgery. No, you can't yeah. rush a surgery. No. Yeah. You I know. love that you meant the metaphor with comparing it to cooking because also your cooking is amazing. I, thank you. So. I appreciate it. <laughs> do you do you like to cook for other people? Oh, like, I is love it? it. It's a it's a it's just a gesture of love. You know, it's a form of care. You know how you how you make a meal for someone. Mm-hmm. To, you know, it determines how you care how you feel about them. Mm-hmm. You know, where did that develop? At home, you know, my mom, she used to cook for us in multiple nights out of the week. And we just knew that it was made in love. Like, our parents loved us. And they they cooked that way. Like, they never just threw anything together. It was always very intentful, very thoughtful. It's like, I want you to feel good when you eat this, you know? I want it to taste good because I care about you. You don't just cook bullshit for people you love, you know? And the same with music. I'm not stop making shit so you can eat. Chicken nuggets, y'all want to make, uh, you know, a gumbo or, you know, some good shit. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just yeah. the same. It's the same. Yeah. It started from, from home. 
Yeah, and you have a close family, right? Very close. Yeah. Very close-knit. I've loved my family. Um, and then we were, we were raised, our, me and my sisters and my, you know, my little brother, we were raised in love. And if we, if we were, like, arguing or anything, our mom would make us say we love you and, and get over it because you can't possibly love people outside of your house if you can't love the people inside of your house. So it just taught me a lot about loving people as a whole. What I appreciate about you is you do spread love. That is the core message in your music, in your interactions. And I just, I know, I, I wish that we could share that more, you know? Like, it doesn't always have to be this, like, show, a projection of what you think you got to be to, you know? But it's like, at the end of the day, you just need to be yourself, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's tough in this industry because there's always, I mean, I think ego is one of the biggest things. And yeah. learning from the untethered soul is like, if you just go with like what your ego wants, that is not going to get you to a place of who your higher self is or who your true self is, right? Mm -hmm. So I've dealt with my ego and you know there's days where I do wrestle with it, you know, we just have that naturally. But it's based out of fear and all of your insecurities and things. It's like a big mask that you have to put up to protect yourself from who you really are, you know what I mean? And I'd rather not. I'd rather present my humble self, because that's the most purest place, you know what I mean? And I think ego's developed out of all the all the bad. And not to get those mixed up with confidence, because you can be confident and not egotistical. I'd rather be confident in my pure form than pumping my chest out mm -hmm. with ego, you know? That never got me anywhere. And yeah, a lot of things have happened to me to crush my ego, rejection or, you know, the struggle of being in the industry and, you know, and a lot of things can crush your ego. And like always like kind of zooming out and telling yourself, wait, this is not how it is. This fear that I have is not real. Mm -hmm. Or it, it's it's almost like sometimes fear prevents me from moving forward. Yeah. You were saying earlier when we were talking how much you having confidence and believing yourself has done wonders for you. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like yeah. Because you said usually four years ago, you were in a really dark place where you were hating yourself. Mm -hmm. Such a big transformation has taken place. Uh, thank you for this chance to be able to express the growth because you just you hold your head down because you just want to get to another place and get to a better place. So you don't look up too much to see where you actually come, you know, come how far you've come. But speaking to self, uh, speaking to belief and things like that, I wasn't making music because I didn't believe in myself. I wasn't creating, you know, and I had to tell myself, like, what are you doing? Like your talent, like do what you've been doing. You know, I, it's a constant reminder to keep making music. And I, I think the more I start loving myself, the more I start loving my music more. I was at a point where I was even listening to my music and like, ah, judging my own music out of insecurity and out of doubt and out of uh, lack of love and all those things that I let narrate my reality. And it was I had to rid myself of that. I had to become a new author, you know write a new page because that's that's old stuff that's old stuff it's stuff i've dealt with from childhood like you have to remind yourself constantly and it gets easier each day once you exercise that muscle like yeah. to cancel out the negativity and replace it with the belief and the positivity and you and you confirm all those thoughts with the action it makes it stronger every day the more gook you get out, the more space you have to fill it with better things and allow different ideas to come in. And you're not in your way, so the universe kind of 
well, God sends me more stuff. Like, I'm not, like, doubting myself, so I believe the things that I receive. I feel like when I first started out, I, I just wanted to produce, like, make beats and stuff like that. I didn't even want to sing. I didn't want to write. I didn't want to do none of that stuff. So I think over time, I've just slowly kind of on this path of discovery as well. And I think I've just discovered that it's endless. And I think fear had a lot to do with me not expressing those things early on. But I think everything just has its right timing. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm not off. You know, I guess I'm not off. It doesn't have to go in order. It's just where it, however it unlocks or unfolds, that's just where it's supposed to. That's true. So you you wanted to just be a producer. Yeah. You sang in your gospel choir, yeah. right? And that was, I didn't want to be like an artist or none of that, like as a kid. Yeah, it wasn't that I was like, yeah, I'm going to be, I want to be a star and all that stuff. I never had that. I was just like, I just want to create. You know what I mean? It wasn't that I just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't one thing. You know, I just was like, I realized that I was able to do multiple things, you know, but I never, I, I just wanted to make beats though at one point. Yeah, so yeah. beat making was like the first kind of foray into you like creating. Mm-hmm. Well, like yeah. learning the piano. So that that and it's crazy because I think I dealt with a traumatic experience. I remember I remember singing, and I was always joyful about singing. Um, I remember singing in a choir, and my voice was not a typical you know like female voice. And I was singing a tenor part in this like play that we had, and there was a girl in the front watching me sing and she just made this frown this face and it just traumatized me for the rest of my life I didn't realize that as I've been dealing with all the my trauma and things like that that came up again and I was like oh that's where that's that's where that stemmed from the fear of making somebody frown or thinking that that's what my voice is doing you at such a young age too like that's the age where you're like absorbing like everything like sticks with you in your head yeah. and then it you replay it and you just it becomes your narrative. It becomes how you operate. And there's been countless amount of times like that in my life that I've noticed as I as I'm grow as I'm getting all the dirt out of my mental closet, I guess, you know? So I'm thankful for those experiences because I'm on the other side of it. When did you embrace then your voice, like as a gift? I was about eighteen years old and I was playing keys for my cousin, Davion. He was uh we were all in a writing camp together and we were pushing him as an artist and he had a showcase and I was playing keys and they made me get up and sing and I I was just like, hell no. And then I'd started singing and people was like, yo, I didn't even know that you could sing like that. And I was just like, shit, I forgot. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just, I just, I literally just forgot. It was so out of sight, out of mind for me. And I think at that moment I was just like, you know what? I can do this. You know, I can I can sing. Not that I wanted to be an artist, but I'm going to sing more. And that's why I started demoing the songs. for Lion, those. That's where Lionheart kind of came together. I was writing with my cousins. Uh, Woodworks was the name of our camp. And I was, you know, demoing those records and hearing myself more. So it kind of was just like I, I was re-hearing. I shut my voice down. I became mute in a sense, you know. But I still knew I had things to express. You know, I just found a way to do it with beats. But now I do do both. <laughs> yeah. So now it's just like my my got I got my voice back, my mm-hmm. real voice, not the lie. You know. Do you have people still thinking, oh, is that a man or like all the time? <laughs> and I'm just like I get I see on Twitter they're like I didn't know Tiffany Goucher was a a girl. I'm like, what man do you know named Tiffany? And I'm sure that no one will tell me that. You know what I mean? So it's just I think people are just 
people look for like when it comes to social media I think people just they're looking for the wow factor of things even even to how they say stuff like oh I didn't know you was a girl you sound like this and this and it's just so ignorant and it's mm-hmm. just like and why is it always framed in a way about a man yeah you know it, why can't it be a woman we have women like Tracy Chapman and you know the Layla Hathaways or you know the Sarah Vaughns you know what I mean the lower tones you know it's that's just what it is I consider voices just instruments or just different instruments you know I think they make it about the I think they make it about the man thing with the way I express about women you know what I mean and that's just that just means we need more we need more expression of that if people are that ignorant to that Exactly. That being a norm, you know? Right. Because like, it's, like, beyond normal. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like happening. Right. Yeah, it's, like, like, it's really going on. Like, <laughs> out here and on the earth. Like, <laughs> like it's so stupid. Like, you know, that's how, that's really how I feel about it. I'm like, it's not that crazy. It's not like, whoa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's been going on for a long time. It, it's just human nature. It's, like, it's whatever. Exactly. It's human nature. There's certain... There's certain animals or certain species that switch genders, you know, or pair with the same gender or or asexual. It's like these are just we can learn from nature how we can learn from nature our own. And for you to share your experiences as a queer woman Mm -hmm. and to have your fans, your listeners gravitate towards you and like really feel heard. How does it feel and what Mm -hmm. they mean to you? Because I know you have a really loving fan base as well. Definitely. I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed to have the the fans that I have because they literally keep me going and I don't I'm not even able to share this enough and I just I really appreciate them and the stories that they share with me like I got a story that one of um, my fans her her girlfriend had passed away and she said my album helped her through that time and I'm just like none of those songs are like lift your head up songs they love songs they're just songs it's the energy behind the song and i realized that it was bigger than me it's just the it's a channel it's really literally a channel that i i bowed into that god wants people to hear you know it's so not about me um but i appreciate them being vocal about what the music does and it's like that's that's I, when i see that i know that it, that's my purpose to whatever God is trying to do through me. I'm just a vessel and I appreciate the people that I touched that mm-hmm. God has allowed me to touch. Yeah, like uh she had said her she said her girlfriend passed away but she had found another lover, them both liking my music. So that was like mm-hmm. kinda like crazy. Um uh, yeah, another story like that. Like I met my wife from whom whom she's gonna marry through sharing my music and I get a I get those stories like every week. You know what I mean? There's just just powerful stories about music, and I'm grateful for my fans. I, I am, and they're so loyal. Like I've had a I know a fan that uh, she went to a show in Chicago and came to the last show in St. Louis, I believe, and then another show in like DC. And it was like all this moving around, but just to hear the music and connect, and it's just like that's so powerful to connect with people through music. It's a universal thing. Like we all can relate to that. We all can relate to liking music and sharing. Like even like at concerts, you everybody's just you know, mm-hmm. it's it's such a together thing and I'm I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for that. Definitely. Yeah. Both mm-hmm. like in one solo experience listening on headphones, hearing your voice to like seeing you live and actually performing. Do you feel like you're in different modes or are you always like the same Tiffany or like I I feel like I'm I'm getting out of my perfectionism mode more and just really allowing 
the the organic and raw approach to be that's what it is. I, but I understand like getting your show together and all that stuff. But like in terms of how I express allowing myself to just feel free with whatever flows through me and not trying to control all that stuff. But yeah, I I, I am myself on stage. It's a different different me on stage than there is in the studio. And I think I want to bring both elements together. What for you right now, at least in this moment, are you really dialed into reminding yourself of? Self-sabotaging, not feeling like you deserve stuff, not feeling like you can achieve things, Imp- being, being impatient. A lot of those things stem from like back to the Instagram thing and the social media, like feeling like you need to always be on so or posting something on social media or, or doing something and feel like you're missing out on this timeline it's like nobody can give your expression a date on it you know what i mean like that doesn't even make sense and it's not in control of anyone and i believe that people like i'm saying the, the type of fans i have they'll still be there when i whenever i release whatever i'm releasing and not that's just not not arrogantly but just like there's something impactful in what I'm releasing, you know what I mean? And that's, we just have to remind ourselves that what we created, there is worth to it. You know, there is worth to it. This isn't, the worth isn't determined by other people, it's determined by your own self, taking the power back. Yes, and that the right people will come. Like They will, they really will. Your true fans will be patient with your music, and the music might come at a good time for them too. Like, yeah. it's just like, we're all... Like, we can't base things and do actions based on, like, what we think we should do for other people or, like, mm-hmm. what people's expectations are. And, like, I'm learning that, too. Like, if you have, as long as you have the support of yourself and just, like, the right people with you, then the rest will come, right? It really will fall right into place. And that's the hardest thing. Trust, like you said, trust in the process. I'm an impatient motherfucker, you know. <laughs> oh, sorry. Me, too. <laughs> but I'm learning to be more patient and be more trusting of the process and know that I'm harming myself. The universe isn't set up to harm you. It's really set up to help you. Um, Telling myself that too Mm -hmm. and not having fear because fear creates anxiety and, you know, all kind of things stem with fear. It's like Mm -hmm. an octopus effect. Yeah. You know? On a daily basis, just like a regular practice, like what, Mm -hmm. what do you do to like take care of yourself? I use the Bible app and I do these plans that helps me read scriptures in the Bible that I can really meditate on during the day. Like when I think about fear, it says, you know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love and a sound mind. And those are promises and those are things that are free to us to meditate on, you know. So just keeping my mind sharp with what God is telling me about myself. Also, I read I read a lot of books, a lot of mental books like when you're speaking about changing that um pathway in your mind about the negative it's literally like repairing a car it refers to in this book that i'm reading it's like a 21 day brain flush there's a chemical imbalance when you think negatively in your mind and for however long you've been doing it uh it's going to be harder to pick those channels back up and put good stuff there so it's just like brain practice but reading the bible helps me do that i i listen to a lot of ted talks on on self-doubt and self-love and well like attacking self-doubt and then uh, reassuring yourself Eckhart Tolle is really dope so amazing just stuff like that just been feeding myself positive energy working out because that just go it sends your endorphins off you feel good about yourself you think good about yourself eating a little bit better you know not drinking as much like during the week and stuff like not alcohol is a, a downer you know what I mean and it just stems it gives you negative thoughts because that's just what it is, you know. Feeding myself 
good fuel, good gas to go off of. It's just like all goes hand in hand. So yeah, that's for real. That's awesome. At least in this present moment, like what comes up for you when you think of gratitude, like what you're grateful for, like who you're grateful for? I am. I'm grateful to have a, a sound mind again. You know, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to recognize negativity and doubt and all the things that try to come up against you in idle moments. I'm able to counter it now. I'm able to not let it affect me for too long. I'm grateful for that because I'm able to accomplish more creatively what I was here to do, you know, and that stuff, that stuff stagnates you, you know, if you let it win for too long. I'm very grateful for that. And I'm also grateful uh, for self-love because I've spent too many years hating myself and for, for no reason, hating myself for my past mistakes, you know, and never forgiving myself. I think I'm, gra- I'm grateful for forgiveness. That's where the love began. I'm excited for your growth and everything you're going to do. That's where I'm at with it. I I love this. Me too. Yes. Head to progression.fm for more information and to hear all episodes. You can also find me at progression.fm on Instagram and at progression.fm on Twitter. Stay in touch and take care.